I am honored. I am humbled. I am unbelievably excited to be here today. We need to understand who we are, who we want to be, and how we're going to get there. And once we set that roadmap, we are going to follow it. And we will be disciplined in how we follow it. Process in all areas of baseball operations, we're going to be connected. We will, uh, we will work together. We will, have, we will have a process for everything that we do, and we will not veer off course. We can't force culture, but what we can do is we can build an environment that allows our players to succeed, to play loose, to play confidently, to be their best. And that is what we will do. We will create an environment that allows our players to get better and allows the Philadelphia Phillies to win a lot of baseball games. Now it's time for some baseball talk on Fighting Phillies Podcast. Here's Rich Baxter and Jim Laurie bringing you the latest Phillies news, interviews, and analysis. And hello and welcome to this edition of Phillies Talk Podcast, your weekly podcast talking all about the Phillies. And this week we'll be talking World Series. Uh, we led into this program listening to the new Phillies GM, Matt Klintak, and him talking about what he's going to do with the Phillies. And we'll have to see if he uh, comes through with those plans. My name is Rich. Um, my name is Jim. And hello, Jim. Welcome to the special edition of Phillies Talk. It's our... <laughs> combination World Series uh, talk, as well as our introduction with uh, Matt, the new Phillies GM. Yeah, they, uh, he's a young guy, Rich. He's 35 years old. And, uh, you know, I, I, maybe we need some young blood in there. I'm surprised they hired him. I, he's a McPhail man, but I thought they'd go another, another direction. But if the guy does a good job, then what, what up? And, uh, you know, you're talking about general managers. How about old Ruben Amaro becoming a coach for the Red Sox? Yeah, that's that's kind of Halloweenish, you know. You don't you don't really think of those things. I, in fact, when I first saw the press uh, release on that, I thought it was a, a joke. Yeah, really. Uh, but you know, people don't realize that he played he played Major League Baseball, and uh, I think he played for the Red Sox. I know he played for the Phillies and the Expos. So, yeah, it's 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 been an interesting couple of weeks. Say uh, the new ma- general manager and, and the the bit with Ruben Amaro, and also our old friend Rich Doobie got a job as a, the pitching coach for the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, so some old Phillies uh, GM in Ruben Amaro got the job over at uh, Boston. And in an article, uh, Ruben said he had an itch to get back into the game, back on the field, back into the thick of things. Uh, after 17 seasons in the front office, uh, Ruben Amaro is now going to be a first base coach, and I guess it just goes to show you, you know, has he really paid his dues to become a first base coach, Jimmy? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think it's kind of kind of strange, you know. And I also want to give a shout-out to something that we saw. that The Miami Marlins hired Don Mattingly as their manager, and I think it's a good hire, don't you, Rich? Yeah, I'm a big Donnie baseball fan. Um, I didn't um, think he would last too long in the open market, Jimmy, and he really didn't. He got hired right on. Do you think it was his fault that the Dodgers didn't win? Or um, I mean, come on, you know, they just they got outplayed by the Mets. That's all. Yeah, it was a question of uh, a team peaking at the right moment. The Mets at the time were peaking. Uh, the Dodgers had a little layoff before the series began with the Mets. 
Um, I don't think it was anything Don Mattingly did to the Dodgers to make them lose. And they're, they're sort of a new ownership group out there now. So there's so many different opinions coming in at any one particular time. There's a lot of uh, big personalities out there mm-hmm. on that team, including Puig. And uh, I don't think Mattingly and him got along too well. And maybe uh, there's other voices that spoke up for different players. It's hard to say right. uh, in that situation. Well, I, I think... Um from the inside baseball people that the Dodgers had the highest payroll in baseball and they were expected, I guess, to win, you know, so. But I wish Donnie well. He, I, I have a lot of respect for Don Mattingly and uh, he'll do well in Miami. Yes, he will. So we'll be watching him next season. But our focus uh, on today's show, Jimmy, and it's November 1st of all things. Hard to believe. <laughs> We're going to talk what a little bit the, about the uh, Matt Clintac hiring for Phillies GM. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jimmy? I was going to say, where did the, where did the year go, Rich? Jeez, we're almost done the World Series, and then you know we'll be off season, and uh, you know it, it goes too fast, Rich. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Uh, every year and every season seems to go by faster here. Yeah, and hopefully, you want to hear the, uh, sorry about that. You want to hear the ironic twist? The World Series, we'll get to that in a minute, but they played opening day next year, too, in Kansas City. Yeah, that's sort of ironic. Uh, the World Series, <laughs> Kansas City Royals now for the past two years. But uh, Matt Klintak, Phillies GM, Jimmy, uh, not too many people uh, know too much about Klintak. Of course, he worked with uh, Phillies President Andy McPhail over in Baltimore uh, for four seasons. He's only 35 years old, Jimmy, and he's kind of the new wave in baseball. It seems like a lot of these guys get their college degrees, and Klintak went to Dartmouth College, uh, and they get into the game. They pay their dues, uh, sometimes in the front office, and this particular gentleman, has uh, it's been paid off for him. He's already a GM in baseball, and... Uh, Another guy, I don't know, did he really pay his dues to become a GM in this game of baseball, Jimmy? I don't know, Rich. I think my personal, well, McPhail denies it, but he knew McPhail. And I think he he might have the inside job. He talks a good game. He said he wants to, you know, get pitching, pitching, pitching. And I don't know. Let's wait and see. You know, he says it's not the people in the shirts and ties that do it. It's the people in the uniform, but... The people in the shirts and ties got to hire the people in the uniform. So, you know, but uh, even McPhail, I mean, if, you know, if the Phillies bomb next year, they're going to be looking at him. And uh, so it's going to be very interesting. And I, I, you know, uh, was looking at a lot of the stat sheets and everything for the Phillies. And you had told me just before the show started that they, you know, they made some moves. And uh, a couple of moves surprised me, but... uh, well, one of them did. But uh, they've got the potential to be a good team, Rich, if they can get some solid pitching. And uh, I think uh, one of my things is David Buchanan. I think if he can turn it around, you know, I think the Phillies can. But I don't. they they asked him about Buchanan the other day, and he was noncommittal. So we'll see what happens, Rich. Yeah, and on October 28, 2011, Jerry DePoto was named the manager, or actually general manager, of the Anaheim Angels, and of course uh, Matt Klintak served 
under him and that regime out there. And i got to tell you, Jimmy, the Angels have been one of the most disappointing teams in baseball in the last four to five years. Yes, they have. You can't blame it on Klintak. He wasn't the actual GM of the team. But, uh, you know, they got lucky when they drafted Mike Trout. Nobody expected him to become the player that he is. He's practically, I guess you could call him the best player in baseball, Jimmy. Right. And, uh, of course, him being from our area also makes it nice, too. But, you know, there's something that, something, you know, you're talking about the Angels. I mean, uh, you know, uh, there's a disappointing team. You know, their manager's been there forever. And uh, you wonder if it's time for a change, Rich. Yeah, and they did make the change when they got rid of uh, Jerry DePoto this past season. Uh, they did not renew his contract. They hired a new GM out there, and that gentleman's name is Billy Epler. And Matt Klintak was sort of uh, the odd man out. He was the assistant GM there in Los Angeles. He did not get the job out um, in Los Angeles, but now he's with the Phillies, and we've got to give him a chance. He's only 35 years old. Of course, he's got uh, a lot of experience under his belts and dealing with contracts and things like that. But like you say, Jimmy, does he really know baseball players and uh, how to assemble a winning team? It seems like from hearing from him, he's very uh, open-minded and he's pretty focused on what the Phillies have to do. Right. Well, he. I do agree with one thing he said, that you can never have enough pitching. And, um, you know, so, and, um, you know, in another show we'll talk about that, but I've got my own ideas, you know, but uh, they, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be very, very interesting after the World Series what what he does, what the Phillies do. Uh, they've made, they've got rid of five players already they didn't want, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, it's it's going to be an interesting offseason. I hope they... You know, they don't... See, I think the problem with Ruben was that uh, he stood pat. I think he felt that he was obligated to the uh, the guys from the OE team. And, uh, you know, this new guy comes in. He, he doesn't. He, he wants to win. They're not going to win next year, Rich. They're not going to win in 17. But if he does it the right way, uh, you know, look at the, what the Mets did. Look at the Cubs. Epstein took over three years ago. And look what they did this year. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, the Cubs turned it around. They had a great manager in Joe Madden. They went pretty far this year, but they didn't. They didn't peak at the right time in the playoffs. A lot of the time, well, with the World Series and the playoffs, Jimmy, it's what team is peaking the best at that particular time. Well, that's true. And do you know? And the, I, I heard something about the, in the, the playoffs. I didn't realize. I didn't watch much of that. Uh, you know. You know the bit my, about my mom passing, so we had to go to Massachusetts. But um, the, the, that series, the Cubs never led a game, an inning in that series. The Mets just dominated them, and I think that um, you know the way the pitching worked out for the Cubs, they couldn't start out uh, the first game. So, and I think that, but uh, you know, give the Mets their due. They they came out, they were hot, and they went right to the World Series. Yes, they did. Getting back to Clintech, uh, a couple of things. This is from NJ.com, a nice art article that they broke down uh, five particular things that they learned 
from the press conference speech that uh, Clintac gave, and that's what we heard on the opening of the show here. Um, when he was asked how long he thinks it's going to be for the Phillies to be a contender, he said the short answer is I don't know. Uh, right, right. He's not giving a date sort of like the previous Phillies president was giving us. Uh, he's not pushing it off a couple years, but he's saying just that he doesn't know at this point. He's also big on analytics with baseball, Jimmy. Uh, he calls it a critical piece of the puzzle. So a lot of these sports stats nowadays are all critiquing players by the numbers, and they mm-hmm. say that he's really big on it, although he doesn't rely on it 100%. So it'll be interesting to see what becomes of this Phillies team. Um, is it going to be a team of stats, or is it going to be uh, players that, that have potential? It's going to be very interesting as uh, time goes on to see what kind of players this gentleman is going to be hiring for the Phillies, and will they work out? What, in your opinion, do you think... You, okay, put yourself in, in the gentleman. Do you, how do you do it, Rich? Now, you're, you're in the Phillies... You take over as general manager. What do you do? You need young people. Or do you need vet? What do you want? What do you want to get? I mean, how do you want to build a team, Rich? Well, I think the Phillies have a nice foundation of a few young players that they'll be uh, keeping on the team as this year. Altair, uh, Herrera out in the outfield. Uh, mm-hmm. Right field is a spot that could use some help for the Phillies. Um, we'll have to see. I think right off the bat, we'd be looking at pitching and a right fielder that's going to stay with the Phillies for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one more veteran uh, for the infield. I know we've got some good uh, fielders there with Hernandez uh, and even Galvis at short. And Michael. Um, uh, was, yeah. So, Cal Franco that, at third. Yeah, Franco. He, he's... Uh, do you agree with me? I think he's the foundation of all this. Yeah, I, I believe he is the foundation. If we can find a maybe a veteran to help these players along a little bit, uh, perhaps platoon that veteran at shortstop or second base. Mm-hmm. How about a Daniel Murphy at second base? He's going to be available well, after the season. I don't know. They, now they say he might not. They, they, they. You know, they uh, they were talking on ESPN last night that. Uh, whether the Mets win or lose the World Series, they, they uh, a couple of them said they think they think the Mets have changed their mind. Well, we'll have to see about that, of course. And <laughs> as the uh, as the series rolls on here, it's going to get more interesting, Jimmy. We saw uh, Game Four last night, and we'll segue right into our uh, World Series portion talk of this. And I want to ask you a question. I know I've heard on a couple of other podcasts this question being discussed and I wanted to ask you I've never asked you this before but you've been listening to a few games already from the announcers on Fox. Who do you think the Fox announcers are favoring if any team? Oh I don't know. I think the Royals I think that I think that I mean you know I think that they're very for some reason they're anti-Mets and I don't know why you know, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, glad you said that, and I've never, we never spoke about this before. No, we didn't. Well, I, you know, 
And and you and I have been friends a long time, and you know who I'm rooting for doesn't matter. I just want to see good baseball. But I, Joe Buck, ought to be ashamed of himself. I mean, his dad was one of the best announcers ever. And every time the Mets do something, it's like, oh, they were lucky to do it, and all this other stuff. And you know, like Syndergaard the other night, he was he pitched his brains out, and you know, and. They were, you know, no credit to the kid, no credit to the Mets for pounding the ball, you know, no credit for anything, you know. It, it's like, uh, you know, they it was one of those things. So, but uh, you know, it, it, and I think they're very, very much for Kansas City. Yeah, that's so. interesting that you should say that. I thought the same thing. A, a fellow podcast on BaseballTalkRadio.com. Uh, has the opposite opinion. Uh, they they thought that the broadcast actually featured the Mets, so it's it's very interesting, or favored the Mets actually. So it's very interesting to to hear other people's opinions on this. And of course, uh, I think that other podcast was for the Royals. So here they are watching the same game as we are, and two totally different opinions on. Who the announcers were favoring? I, I just I can't figure how you can say that this broadcast has favorited the Mets because it's obvious that it hasn't. No, no, and these guys, you know, it, it's just they're supposed to be independent people. Uh, they're supposed to be, you know, uh, anti-biased, and they're not, uh, in my opinion. So that's true. So our review of the World Series, we're in. Game number five tonight, the Mets dropped game number four. It looked like they were going to win uh, to even up this series, Jimmy, and now all of a sudden their backs are up against the wall, as they say. Uh, they have yeah, to they... run the table now to win the series. Well, the Royals were up 3-1 last year, Rich, so, and lost. But the Mets did, did some fundamental stupid things yesterday. Yeah, they so. did, of course. Uh, Daniel Murphy had an unfortunate incident. He committed an error where the ball went under his glove, allowed the game to be tied. But I don't think you can blame this all on uh, Daniel Murphy. There's been different plays throughout the game that you could have looked back at. How, how about the final outs? The guy, first and second one out, guy hits a line drive and wanders off the base and they throw him out to end the ball game. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah. It's like um, the captain, David Wright, said for the Mets. Uh, you can't blame it on Murphy. It is a team game, and it's a, a team outcome. So uh, mm-hmm. it was a great night by Conforto. He had a couple home runs. And great credit to the Kansas City Royals as well. They hustled. They never uh, say die, so to speak. And they showed that extra hustle last night by uh, effectively stealing this game away from the Mets. That's right, they did steal it. Uh, I was watching um, another game because uh, we're near Philadelphia and Temple was on national TV for the first time, and I was going back and forth, and I saw a fight. I said, what? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So it's going to be fun tonight, Rich. And uh, Is Harvey pitching tonight? Yeah, you got Matt Harvey and Edison Volquez going up mm. for the Royals. Uh, rematch Same of game one. Right. Well, we'll see what happens, Rich. And our next podcast, we will do. Uh, we will review the World Series. It will probably be over by then, and uh, talk about some of the changes the Phillies made. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, game one and two for the Mets, very flat. Uh, it looked like they were going to get swept out in Kansas City when the series started, the uh, first two games, Jimmy. And now, as you said, they're they're going to have to really uh, hustle it. They It's a must-win tonight if they lose, the series is over. What do you think about this uh, World Series stretching into November? Uh, no. They've got I, – I don't like the fact that the um, – the you know, NLCS is seven games. You know, everything should be five, and then the World Series should be seven. It, you know, it, it, some, they're lucky. New York and, and Kansas City aren't too bad this time of year. What if they went to Minnesota and Cleveland, Rich? You know? <laughs> yeah. No. Minnesota, they had snow in, in uh, central, about 50 miles north of Minneapolis last week. So, uh, they got to do something. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, their, uh, their CBA is up at the end of next year. And hopefully there won't be a strike. But hopefully they'll straighten something. Well, I think 154-game seasons is long enough, Rich. You know? The people, I personally don't think the fans, if you're eliminated in September, they don't even care. You know, they don't want to come out. You know? It's football season. You know, you go to a place like Atlanta or or Houston or I'm just using for example or, or you know anywhere like that that's football country they don't care if, in September if, if their team's out of the race they're not going to come out yeah that's for sure uh, and something I was thinking about earlier is the All Star break seems like it's a little long they could pare that down uh, yeah a make little it bit. yeah I have the game t- Tuesday I have the home run derby Monday. Have the game Tuesday, Wednesday instead of one. You know, yeah, they start Friday. Go back Thursday. Or cut, know? or they could completely cut the home run derby out. It seems like a lot of players do not like that home run derby. Yeah, they the don't. Home run hitters. Yeah, I know. So they've well, got to they've got to try to shorten the season by a week somehow. It just November in baseball and the World Series just does not add up for me. No, no, that's true. When we were kids, it was over, what, middle October, so. Yep, you're right, right here it is November 1st, and they're, they're game five, so. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, uh, it's going to, it's interesting, but I, I, you know, the only excuse they had, the World Series being November was 9-11, that was something that couldn't be helped, and, you know, but this rest of us, it's all money, Rich, you know that. Yeah. Um... Why did they... Why? Excuse me, but why did they have the NLCS was over? Um, uh, what did they go? Four days, five days on a World Series game. Okay, they have a contract. It ended in four. It ended early. The Mets and the Royals both ended theirs early. Okay, they ended at what Wednesday night? And they didn't start till Tuesday or something like that. Started on the weekend. They yeah. started on the weekend, and yeah. then they would they would it would be over by now. Yeah. Well, if. The one series with the Mets and the Dodgers went seven games. I think that would have extended into the weekend. That's probably why they couldn't. Uh, yeah, they have TV contracts. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this whole World Series seems like it's focused around television now, rather than the fans. Everything um, is right. And it's it's not just this year. It's the last several years in yeah. this game. Yeah, it's that's what it is. There's no if you watch if you watch the NFL. Sometimes they'll take a game that's supposed to be at 1 o'clock and move it back to 4 for TV. Right. If you have a real good matchup, you know? There's no afternoon World Series games anymore, and there's no. it's just not I the know, spirit that's sad. of yeah. the game. Well, they, yeah, I know. They want it 
prime time because the ratings, you know. So yeah, well, well prime time in the ratings, but during the week, the people in the East can't stay up late enough to watch a game that's done around midnight or after midnight. Want, yeah, start the game at seven instead of eight. You know, yeah, they have too much. They have too much pregame. Uh, we they have too much. Uh, anything big, you know, uh, you know, all the pro sports, uh, NFL, they have two hours of pregame. My wife and I are NASCAR fans. They have two and a half hours of pre-race. They have Super Bowl. They have all day. Knock the stuff off. The Super Bowl, I can understand prime time, but move it back a little bit. But, uh, well, that's 6 o'clock. That's not bad. Start the World Series at 6.30, Rich, you know? Well, how about the people on the West Coast? So let them watch it at 3.30. You know, I'm sure they got TV sets in their offices. You know, and it's just it's getting to the point where it's the almighty dollar controls everything. Yeah, so. well, let's talk a little bit about Game Three of the World Series with Noah Syndergaard uh, on the mound for the Mets, and he actually tipped his hat before the game and said that he had a little surprise for. Alcides Escobar, who led off the game for the Royals, and he, yeah, he threw at him. <laughs> he threw one right at his head, and do you think that was proper, Jimmy? Oh, I don't know if that was, but that was kind of like you know. I think I think that fired the Mets up, though. <laughs> so you know, it sort of but, did, but it also fired the Kansas City Royals up. They went to uh, went on the yeah, six hits yeah. off of in the garden. Yeah. It was a miracle that. Uh, he survived out there on the mound because the Royals didn't score. Had they scored a couple runners, uh, he might have been out of the game, and that, that little trick might have backfired on him. Yeah, I know. Well, I think the Royals will remember that. So, you know, remember, they played the first two games next year there, so <laughs> we'll see what happens, Rich. Yes, we will. Well, thank you for tuning in to this edition of Phillies Talk, uh, World Series Almost about done, unless the Mets can stretch this out and uh, make it another three games and go to a seven-game series. And as Jimmy said, it's been done before, uh, maybe even this year. So uh, World Series right now, Jimmy, uh, one more win for the Kansas City Royals. And at this point, who would you think is the MVP if the Royals won it? Oh, I really couldn't. They're a leadoff hitter. They've got to have the inside the park home run. Escobar. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's good. So yeah. I like him. So Yeah, and that's the thing about the Angels is they, they play as a team. If you had to pick one MVP, it's pretty hard because they're all contributing at this right. point. Now, what if the Mets came back and won this? I know there would be another three games, but right at this point, who would you think would be the Syndergaard. Uh, Syndergaard. Syndergaard. Because of the way he picked. Yeah, the way he pitched, yeah. Yeah, and you've got to tip your cap to uh, David Wright, the captain for the Mets. He didn't do anything in the first two games, and that's the beauty of baseball, Jimmy. Uh, two for 11 he was, first two games of the series. Comes back to New York, hits a home run, has four RBIs in the game, practically carried the Mets on his back, and all of a sudden he's back in the good graces. Yeah. And they're tough to beat at home anyway, so. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, I think it's going to go back to Kansas City. I really do. Well, they have to win tonight, November 1st, 2015, and we'll, history will see if they do. Of course, our podcast ends now, so uh, we've got another uh, 
eight, nine hours to go to game time. Jimmy, I hope you enjoy the rest of the series. Thanks for your uh, analytics during this uh, World Series so far. And uh, let's go Phillies in 2016. All right, Rich. Talk to you later. And let's tune in to some of Greg Murphy's calls for 2015. Of course, he's the stand-in Phillies announcer when regular announcer Tom McCarthy is away. Here's some of Greg's frenetic calls, Phillies baseball. First pitch swinging is all Jared line drive into center field. Azuna's on the run. He's not going to get it. It's going to go all the way back to the wall. Three runs are going to score. Altair cruising into third, and he will be safe at third with a triple. Bases clearing triple for Aaron Altair, and the Phillies lead at 6-2. Line drive in the gap in left center, right center field. That's going to go all the way back to the wall, one hop the wall, and runs are going to score. Ashy, round second, coming into third. Three runs are going to score, and it is a three-run triple for Cody Ashy. Line drive into right center field. It's going to hang up, and no, it's not. It's going to fall in for a hit. Altera will score. Herrera, base hit. Nice effort by Yelich. It looked like it was going to hang up, but uh, unable to come up with it is Christian Yelich. And that'll be an RBI single for Odubel Herrera. And there's his first pitch swing out to base hit. That's a base for at least two. And Schwarber slides to stop that one. Here comes Sweeney can Sweeney, motor. And he is safe as well. That will clear the bases. A bases clearing double for Cesar Hernandez. And the Phillies break it open. I love when the leadoff guy swings at the first pitch. 